0: They're clicking onto our website. They're spending time on there. And it's like one of those things that like they may not be ready to do it right now. Like maybe I'm planning my baby's first birthday and that's in like six months. This is Oversharing with Mikhail Alfon. Mikhail Alfon.
1: What is up, you lovely listeners? Welcome to another episode of Oversharing. Our guest today graduated from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in 2009 and quickly founded her company, Happily Ever Etched, in 2010. For almost 10 years, her company has helped elevate some of our most important life events, including weddings, showers, birthday parties, and tons more, with beautifully designed custom engravings and laser cut pieces ranging from backdrops to ornaments. As a successful female founder, empowering her community is at the top of her list. When she's not making events a little bit more memorable, she can be found instilling confidence and providing support to other female founders and entrepreneurs through the Orange County chapter of the Dames Collective. But before I speak too much, please join me in welcoming Jenny Kunhao onto the show. How are you doing, Jenny?
0: Hi, good. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm super pumped that you came down. You had an event this morning you were talking about, right? I definitely want to hear about how that went.
0: Cool. Well, yes, we just wrapped up our November morning Mind Fuel for Dames Collective. We talked about how to keep client retention high. And it's one of those subjects that I feel like you and your mom, everyone knows what customer service is. But I think what's the defining factor is like, what can you do to stand out? Like, what are you going to do to get customers to come back? And, um, you know, customers or clients can really be every everywhere and anywhere. Um, <laughs> right. So it was a really good talk.
1: Last time, I had the opportunity to go to one of these events. Was it you that I was emailing? Like, can guys come to this? Or was it… It might have been your, uh, your co-host.
0: It, it wasn't me. Okay.
1: <laughs> what was her name again? Is it Christina? Krista. Krista uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So I emailed back because I was like, Okay, cool. This is email marketing. It's close by. And I, <laughs> I was like, can guys come to this too? <laughs> but you guys are pretty welcoming.
0: Yes, yes. We're not exclusive to… Um, women only. We're definitely welcome, welcoming to anyone that wants to come in and join us.
1: Yeah. So. Last time it was at a, a bridal boutique. Is uh-huh. that what you call it? Yeah. Where was it this time?
0: This time was at a co-working space, actually. It's called Hera Hub, and um, they're based in Irvine, but they're actually a women-centered co-working space. So oh. not exclusively for women, either. They welcome anyone that wants to join, too. But, yeah, it was a really neat co-working space, like decorated super cute, and they have a bunch of different private offices and like open Collaborative spaces, too.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, what's great about these podcasts and I was telling you before is that it gives me an opportunity to get to know somebody and in a really cool way. I love context, though. So I'd like to know where you started from. I always start with like, what were you like in high school?
0: (laughs) Yes, in high school, I was a party girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that uh, that it, that has shown its reward now. Like I got all of my partying out <laughs> at a very young age. So in high school, I wasn't like your A plus student. I was like a straight just like C student in every class, in every grade. Um so I wasn't like your smart Asian either. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I had a lot of fun in high school. I just did like the bare minimum. Yeah, Um, I was very like centered around just like my friends and I was a cheerleader. So Um, like that was my world. Like I thought I had it all figured out at 16, but turns out I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was me in high school.
1: That's funny. Didn't we all kind of think that we had it figured out at
0: 16? Yeah, totally. Just like going to… First period to, like, the end of the day. And then we just got to go home and chill. And now we have, like, so many more responsibilities (laughs) than that. Like, I want to go back to that.
1: I don't know how I'd feel about going back to 16 today. Uh With, like, Instagram and, like, all of these things I can only imagine. I'm not even worried. It's Uh
0: cutthroat, right?
1: And then now… Have you messed around with TikTok at all? No. No. Okay. So, basically, it's just a bunch of… Not… It's just but what comes up on the feed often is a lot of like high school kids primarily girls just dancing Uh in front of this and I can only imagine the pressure of like (laughs) for like other people to be cool on it because I feel like before it was cheerleader football captain but now it's like who has the most followers on Instagram like that's really tough right?
0: No, it it would be scary to go back to high school right now. There's so much, like, pressure and competition. And, like, I feel like the girls that are in high school now look like they're literally 25. Like, older (laughs) than me. I'm like,
1: what (laughs) What
0: happened? I was not that developed in high school.
1: (laughs) It's really crazy. It is really nuts to see that. Like, from the things that they're wearing to the songs that they're lip syncing to, which is some of the most crude things ever. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I just… I don't know what I'm going to do when I have kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really like, worried you're not about
0: going it. anywhere <laughs> yeah exactly
1: what was the decision like for you to go to FITM for for you know after high school education yeah so
0: i graduated in 2007 and during this time was like you know like the hills was like really in mm-hmm. of course lauren conrad everyone knows she went to FITM. and so i was like she was like kind of like my idol at that time <laughs> okay so i was like you know like i i couldn't see myself as like a doctor or a lawyer or you know, something like that, like a nurse, like I just did not see that for myself. And so I saw Lauren Conrad and I'm like, oh, she's like studying fashion. Like I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm pretty fashionable and I like the arts. I've always been pretty creative, like since I was younger. So I kind of felt like that was my calling. I decided that I wanted to go there my junior year um, and kind of just like stopped there. I didn't really look into going into any other colleges Mm -hmm. or anything. And so I pursued that. I Got in my junior year. So I was already accepted. When you were in high school? When I was in high school. Okay. That's cool. I don't know how the process goes like now or now that I think back about it. Getting in. I feel like they maybe just accepted anyone that wanted to give them money. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like we had to go through like an interview process. I'm going to do like projects to like get in. That I feel like I did pretty good at
1: i'm sure that there's some sort of vetting process but either way it's like you're just at least you're getting a focused education in Mm -hmm. what you wanted right yeah yeah i was always under the impression that that was more for like fashion more so than essentially what you're doing because you're designing a lot of these these pieces but Mm -hmm. which makes sense for that but Mm -hmm. did you get a lot of like business insight when it when it came to the curriculum yeah, there? so
0: I studied visual communications, which is kind of broad. Like when you think about just the communications uh, degree in general, you can do so much with it, you know? So visual communications is like how things are visually, you know, whether it's something that you see graphically or something that you see like in a store display or um, it could be so many things. So that's what I went into. And my intention was to get into like celebrity styling. So I wanted to like, Put together outfits for people is like what I was envisioning my career was going to be. Within the courses that I took, though, like we took courses on graphic design, we took classes on styling, we did like art history. So it was pretty thorough in terms of like covering like what art has influenced Mm -hmm. in our society now. There were some like business classes too. I don't feel like it was like really focused on teaching you how you can start your own businesses. Their biggest majors, like what people were going there for, was to become like fashion designers. So like design clothes. They had like sub um, majors, like visual communications that were more for, you know, someone that didn't want to be a designer. But they had like product development and mm-hmm. like stuff like that too. I didn't go into it thinking like I'm going to start my own business. Right. Let alone do what I'm doing now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel like you're a little... I mean, your style is great. All the ladies, like, complimented on your outfit, which is awesome. (laughs) The signage for weddings is a little far off than the actual, like, dresses and stuff. What got Uh you into that?
0: So, I run the business with my husband. We Mm -hmm. do it together.
1: Did Um, you guys start it together?
0: We started it together, yes. So, I met my husband in 2010. At the time, I was working for Forever 21 as their visual merchandiser, part-time, When I met my husband, he actually moved out here from Minnesota to live with his mom and his stepdad. And his stepdad had a family business, which was like high-end home decor that they were importing directly from Italy, Mm. part of— their shop, they offered um, custom engraving services in my spare time. I would go visit my then boyfriend (laughs) and just like hang out at the shop with him. And it led into like helping him out, like create like signage within the store, like, you know, to like price things or like to create like a postcard to like mail out to their customers more and more time passed and I spent more and more time with him there it led to me then like starting to work with him there. And someone was running the engraving side of the business for him then. So he had a staff there, a team there at the time. The person that was doing the engraving decided to kind of move out and do their own thing, but he still wanted to keep that side of the business. And so I started to learn more about that. And one of the programs that you can use to do their engraving was Adobe Illustrator. And I was like, oh, I know how to do that. I learned that. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool, you know, like I didn't use it after the fact like i graduated and i was like okay that's i don't think i'm ever going to use that again but i was like oh i think i could do that and so like the engraving that they were doing um at the time was like so small scale it was just like walk in customers kind sure. of like your things remembered if you want to say mm-hmm. like just one and two pieces here and there they would do like golf trophies and like random things like that so very like old school traditional type stuff and so When he decided to continue doing the engraving, he, like, got his own machine. Um, We went down to the place, and they did, like, a full day, like, training and taught us, like, how to do it. So then we got the machine, and we're like, okay, so... Now we're going to keep doing like what we were already doing. But I was like, but we could make these designs cuter. Like we could use at least like cuter fonts. Right. What were you designing
1: before? Was it just for like businesses and stuff like that? or
0: No, I wasn't even designing anything for anyone. Like I would just help him create like price signs for his store. Oh. Or like postcards or like flyers.
1: Oh, so you it wasn't even really like consumer facing yet. This is just a function of… Oh, wow.
0: The stuff that they were engraving, it was for like customers would come in and they would want crystal champagne flutes engraved for their wedding, mm. oh, or see. like okay. vases for an anniversary. It was like really random stuff. But you were like using that.
1: like Times New Roman.
0: Y- y- yeah, no, <laughs> it was like Times New Roman and like what's that really ugly like script font? I can't think of it.
1: <laughs> I, I know exactly. There's so what many, you're talking you about, know, though. but yeah. it's just
0: like basic, you know. And it's it was like, like
1: Comic Sans. Yeah, <laughs> Pyrus.
0: <laughs> so then, you know, we started just evolving a little bit more and more there, like modernizing, I guess you can say it. And we still serve like our community. So the shop has been in Buena Park. The the store that his family started has been in Buena Park for over 30 years. Wow. Um, And so it's, it's kind of like a landmark at this point. Yeah. We're right across from Knott's Berry Farm. So people knew that they could come in there and find really like unique gifts or like decor for their home or a lot of just older clientele. It was like people who were retired and just had like money to spend on things for their home, like who had like, you know, like China cabinets filled with little trinkets and little crystal figurines. So that was kind of our market then. And when we started to kind of modernize and change up the engraving, we, you know, like put out a banner, we sent out like different postcards saying that we offer now this service where you can get these types of modern fun gifts, you know? Yeah. So younger people started coming in for personalized gifts like bridesmaids' gifts or groomsman gifts, like your glasses that you could engrave or right. champagne glasses that you can engrave for your bridesmaids, stuff like that. While this is all going on, I um I went back to school. So I went um to Cal State Dominguez Hills and I was studying marketing and one of the school projects, it was like a group project, was like help bring a local small business like more exposure like pretty generic like that yeah. and i was like oh, okay i'll i can do that let's like let's just use a business that i'm in right now <laughs> i didn't feel like i had like ownership at that time it was sure. still kind of like just a hobby and like something that i was like testing the waters with so i recruited these <laughs> my classmates like okay this is what we're going to do we offer engraving services Within my shop, and what I want to do is get the get the stuff online. You know, like we feel like we're serving our community pretty well, but like we could reach so many more people online. And this is during the time where like Etsy was blowing up.
1: Was it what was that like 2014?
0: So this is like 2011, 2012.
1: Now, oh okay, cool, Mm -hmm. nice.
0: Yeah, so they were pretty established already. Still not what it is today, right? But that was kind of my, my game plan. I was like, I want to get ourselves on Etsy and just see how it does. Nice. Let's start off with that. And you know, what that's going to do for this group project is, you know, it's going to bring more exposure to this business because we're going to be able to reach so many more people online. So we came up with like the products that we were going to offer. We came up with the product descriptions, the pricing, we came up with like templates that people mm. could choose, you know, to make it super easy. And then that's, we.
1: it's <laughs> a pretty interesting model to get interns is like, go back to school,
0: yeah.
1: get, join a marketing class and then recruit, recruit your group to work on your business. Yeah,
0: <laughs> You know, and so I was a much different college student than I was a high school student in college. I was like teacher's pet and like A plus like mm. honor roll. So I was like the bossy person in the group project. Like, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. One of the guys in the group was a photographer, like he knew how to use a DSLR camera and was pretty good at it. So I was like, you're going to take the product photos. Um, I'm going to work on setting up all of our social media and marketing and, you know, get get that going and set up the shop. And so that was that. The class ended and we parted ways and then we kept the shop up. Right. But like...
1: The Etsy shop. Yeah, the Etsy shop
0: up. And like, I want to say it was like a month... Later, we heard this sound that was like, cha-ching. I was like, what was that sound? It came from my phone, I think. I had like the Etsy app on my phone. Mm. And I was like, what was that sound? We're like looking around. I l- opened up my phone. And I was like, you have an order on Etsy. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting an order yeah. to come out of it. I, I mean, obviously, I knew that was something that could happen. But it took me by surprise. And we're like, okay, now we got to figure out like… We know how to do the engraving, but oh we gotta figure out like how to like ship it now. That was a whole nother thing.
1: Did you first of all, how did you do on the project?
0: Uh huh. Oh, we got an A. Okay. Yeah. So we had <laughs> to present on it too. We had to present on it too. We talked about like, you know, what we did and how it brought like exposure to the shop sure. and and all that. Like we didn't have a social media presence before that. So there was a lot of
1: And in 2012, anyways, it was still kind of… It wasn't fully adopted yet, Mm -hmm. I feel like. It was still… It was like people were like concerned about getting themselves on Twitter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's interesting. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. So when you started putting it on social media, what was it? Facebook, Twitter?
0: It was actually like… I want to say this was kind of the beginning of instagram Mm -hmm. yeah people were doing that um and and facebook sure so those were our two kind of like main platforms at the time like we would use the photographed images that we had from our like product shots and Mm -hmm. stuff and and put that on there it was a little bit of pinterest um at the same time too like i feel like etsy and pinterest work together like Um, like a lot of people went to Pinterest to plan their weddings and stuff. So that's where a lot of That's where it still is. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of Pinterest too.
1: When you started making money on, um, or at least getting some orders on Etsy, did you start doubling down on your social media presence at that time?
0: No, I can't say that we did. Like I knew it was something that we had to do, but I wasn't like that savvy on the social side. Like I knew that that was what was going to get in front of people and how we could reach people in, like, the online space. But not really. We, we still posted, like, new things as we were creating them and new designs. But it was definitely not, like, planned out how it is now. We didn't have a strategy. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Do you feel as if there was a moment where it started to kind of pick up a lot of steam Yes. Not necessarily social media, but, uh-huh. the, but the business in general.
0: Yeah. So after that first sale, we probably got the next one a couple weeks later. But I can't remember the time where it was like… slow. It wasn't slow and steady. It was like… For like one month, we maybe got an order like once a week. And then all of a sudden, it was like… Like 50 in a week and then 100 really? in a week. <laughs> and then oh, it just wow. like escalated so fast. So within the first year, we like doubled what we were making. And this
1: was on Etsy?
0: This was on Etsy. Okay. So only. Etsy was the thing. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. And that happened within a short amount of time?
0: Within one year, we were already doing six figures.
1: Oh, wow. From yeah. like zero. 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 That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So to the point where um, we still had the family business at yeah. this time, and we were doing all of our operations out of that same building, We the store started to slow down a lot to the point where it was like we were spending all of our time and energy on our Etsy shop now mm-hmm. that it didn't make sense to keep the store open. Um, and, you know, we weren't really doing that great there. So we decided to move the family business into a smaller location and now my husband's mom runs the, the shop but it's much smaller like not that many items Right.
1: There. Was there anything special that you were doing on Etsy at the time or you just had your products up and people happened to find it?
0: We had our products up. I think what made us really unique was that we had those modern types of designs that mm-hmm. you weren't really seeing all too much. It was... Everything that you were seeing was really kind of just like basic and like um, traditional, like what you would find kind of everywhere. And so I think that's first what caught people's eye and like... I've always been really big on the details. So like the attention to detail when we even set up our shop, like I wanted to make sure we had good imagery and we had really like solid um, product descriptions so people knew exactly what they were getting. Mm. And there there was no like mystery, like, I don't know if I'm going to order this thing and it's going to come and it's completely different, you know? So that was like something that was always like instilled in me that that was important. And if people are going to be buying stuff online, like that should be something that's... That's going to stand out. So we also had um, like a template page that Mm -hmm. people could like choose a design from. So like if they were ordering champagne flutes, they had a template page with like 10 different designs that they could choose from and that like personalized it for them. They could choose a style Mm -hmm. that would work for them and they just had to give us their customization for it. So it was like a, a quick and easy process. Like it wasn't something where they could go on there and then they had to think about like what they wanted to put on it. It was like, it was already there, you know, they sure. just had to do it, so I think that experience made it a little bit more unique, but still like allowing people to create something custom and like yeah. personalized and that was for all them. on
1: Etsy, they had like that template page.
0: No, that's something that we incorporated ourselves, so like on Etsy, they give you like uh ten images to upload for mm-hmm. your product. One of the pages. One of the pictures was like a template page. And so we had to like work around how we could let people choose their design mm. code. So they would just have to put it in their order notes. Like I want design W1, okay. you know, and and now Etsy has evolved more where you can already customize it sure. within directly in their platform. But back then it wasn't like that.
1: Yeah. So do you get a lot of your business still from Etsy or from other channels?
0: We're still on Etsy and Etsy has changed a lot. We still probably get like maybe 60% of our business on Etsy. It's a good chunk still. Yeah. And then we only like two years ago started our own like e-commerce website. So like happilyoveretch.com through Shopify. And that was a process in itself, but we're now trying to drive more of our traffic there so that if you're someone that's buying on Etsy, you could just be on there searching for whatever it is and you might just land on our shop. Whereas now, like we've built kind of a brand and people, I want people to come to us who like know our brand and know that like that's the level of service that we have. And like, you know, they're buying into that too, as opposed to just like another another shop on on this platform. So we're trying to push a lot more of our sales directly to our website. And I feel like it's a completely different experience too when you're shopping on our home website because it's just our products and we can control a lot more of what's happening there. We can control like the checkout process and like what it's like to like customize something and, and all of that stuff. Um, but getting our own website to design a website that allows for custom products was probably why we waited so long yeah. to get it up there. It is just like it's not built for that. Like Shopify was built for like if you had a t-shirt, you wanted to sell t-shirts, you could upload a bunch of yeah, t-shirts and sell it. Yeah, not to like it.
1: design a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. so
0: that, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: On Etsy now… Because I know a a good amount of people who are starting to sell their stuff on Etsy. Mm -hmm. Outside of allowing customizations, have you noticed anything that kind of helps get Etsy exposure and not getting lost in the mix?
0: Oh, there's a lot of people (laughs) on Etsy now. And that's a question I've been asking myself a lot lately is like, how do we stand out on this platform now? Like there's, there's still like a very wide range of people that are on there from people that are like, you know, doing it at home and they're like, you know, a stay-at-home mom. And then there's like legit, like full-blown, like million-dollar companies mm. on there um, that have like legit photos and they like sell like volume, right? But uh, it's it's hard to say. I don't know what makes us stand out anymore on Etsy. Like yeah. we still continue to like offer like the best imagery and like we're competitive with our pricing. Sure they're really pushing like free shipping now is like a thing that if you're a product-based business, like should be a thing, which obviously eats into our costs and stuff. So we are kind of in a a season right now where we're really trying to evaluate like what's going to work for us on Etsy. It's Mm. definitely died down significantly in the last couple years, um, but there's still a good amount of traffic. It's just different now the landscape is different
1: yeah and I feel like Etsy has that I don't know how to like the more creative aspect it's like Amazon's not necessarily the place where you're gonna put this right
0: right right you know it's like a handmade culture right kind of a thing Mm -hmm. it's like almost like handmade or like DIY um, I think that's what's happening a lot too. Is people are seeing our products or seeing the stuff that we're doing, and they're like, "Oh, I can just go make that with my Cricut machine at home." <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's definitely not something that like is like Amazon, right? But um, that's kind of a direction that we are moving into—is having more. Just pre-made items that people could buy that are not customized, and yeah. it could be purchased on the spot. Like if you don't have time to wait for a custom order, like people want things instantly, yeah. right? So it's like, what can we, what can we offer within like our product line that's gonna be able to reach even more people?
1: Quicker? Does Etsy have ads?
0: Yes, they have something called um, promoted listing. I see promoted listing. So if you do a search on Etsy for like, like a personalized necklace. Like yeah. it'll, you'll show up within the search, sure. um, like at the top of the pages or whatever.
1: That's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to see like how that works because I can see people getting turned. Whenever like those ad features are first introduced, I feel mm-hmm. like it's like turned off. Like mm-hmm. people are turned off by it and they want to see the organic result. Yeah. But over time, it just becomes easier. Like on Yelp, I feel like… I don't know if you ever mess with Yelp to find a restaurant, but now it's like if the ad comes up, it's like, okay. And with Google, it's uh-huh. like if the ad comes up, all right. Like yeah. that's fine. But Etsy, I can see that being a little troublesome.
0: Yeah. And their algorithm for how like you show up as a shop owner um in search has changed a lot too. And they're always like messing with it. We've been seeing a dip in our views and our like mm-hmm. um our What is it called? Like engagements with our shop. Like how Mm. people are finding us. Like it dropped from like… It dropped like 50% Mm. overnight. And we're Uh. like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. And I feel like it's because they're now a publicly owned um, company. So the
1: ads is what they're trying to push?
0: They're trying to push, yeah. Like ads maybe or even like they want more people on their selling. Mm -hmm. So these shops that are just starting out… They're going to promote them more than, like, these people that have been here for 10 years.
1: Yeah, that makes sense yeah, in a so way. Yeah,
0: there's, like, no—I feel like there's no rhythm or, like, sense of how you can show up in the search. Because now we can search for things, and, like, they'll be the same shop, like, 10 times on the first page, but we won't show up until, like, the 15th page.
1: Oh, Wow. That's really frustrating because nobody's going back (laughs) there. It's trash. (laughs) What is up, you lovely listeners? Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, MikeMe.com. MikeMe has helped this podcast sound incredible over the last year and a half. And I put out every single episode with 100% confidence that it's going to sound amazing and it's going to be absolutely legit. Not to mention, having them work on my show has helped save an incredible amount of time and headache for me. So it's been one of the best investments that I've made. Made in a very, very long time. If you have a podcast or you're looking to start your own, be sure to go to mikeme.com forward slash oversharing. Again, that's mikeme.com, M-I-C-M-E.com forward slash oversharing. And you'll get an episode edited for free when you purchase one of their podcast bundles. This is an incredible service. You're absolutely going to love it and you're going to love the team. But before I speak too much, let's get back to the episode. So what about the other channels now like with uh, yeah. Facebook and Instagram? Has any of that worked for you?
0: Instagram has been a roller coaster too. We have <laughs>
1: speaking of algorithm changes uh, and yeah, crunching down people. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, Instagram has done its work for us. I mean, you can't really complain too much about a free <laughs> service, right? That's um, a great
1: perspective to have on it. I do yeah, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I
0: mean it's a it's a tool that we use and we know like a lot of people are on there. Um, my mindset on Instagram has definitely changed a lot in the last like six months to a year. Like I used to be so focused on like getting content on Instagram and making sure that we're like engaging and um, making sure that like our content is always like fresh there and all that stuff. And it's still a priority. It's just lower on my priority list Mm. now because we're just not getting the same engagement that that we used to. It's like dropped significantly. And that allowed me to like sit back and reflect on like, okay, what are we doing? Like, what is everyone else doing that we're not doing? Like the, that allowed me to like reevaluate like what we're doing and how we can change our strategy right. on there. um You know, like, I see a lot with people like just taking a more personalized approach to their social media and just being more like present. Like I'm pretty much the face of the company. So mm. people like like when they see me on our feed or yeah. in our stories. And Even
1: in the um, Happily Ever Etched page? Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I used to be on it a lot more and I like pulled away and now I'm like being drawn back into it. But yeah, it's… Uh, Instagram is… It's a love-hate relationship. Yeah, right. I yeah. feel that. Yeah. Uh,
1: are you doing any video on Instagram on your Happily Ever Etched page? Not
0: really. <laughs> and it's. I say that like that, like, because I know that we should be. It's like one of the things that I keep hearing, like, you should be doing video and… Just like, I feel like I don't have time and I also feel like it's uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: It's it's super awkward. The the, the way the face crunched was like, eh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I just, I guess I'm not, um, I I don't know enough about it and like how we should do it to feel confident in doing Mm it Mm -hmm. correctly. I think that's the thing.
1: I feel like everybody always says like, you got to do video, you got to do… There's plenty of people who do just fine without video, listener. Like, you don't need to do that, in my opinion. However, with your specific product… Not that you came here for a consultation or anything like that. (laughs) But with Uh your specific product, as I was going through your site, I was like, I'd really love to see like the up-close detail of like what this is made of, how it was Mm, made in that mm -hmm, process. mm -hmm. So even just like a couple videos on that and just spend a day like going through the different materials because I can't tell… You know, if it's plastic or metal or, yes, um, yes, not to reduce the materials that are made. By the way, I'm just inept Uh in that uh in that part. You know, and I think showing some of that detail is really important too, because it justifies price if price is is an issue. But also for the people that are looking for like more of a high end thing, and all Mm. of your work is beautiful, from what I've seen, which is really cool. Um, In fact, I actually want to talk to you about a sign for this office. Because as (laughs) you can tell, the walls are a little bland.
0: Yeah. We (laughs) can do something for… I know someone for that. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What about like Facebook and Instagram ads? Have you tried any of those?
0: Very sparingly. Mm -hmm. um, Just as like a trial and error on just myself. um, It's really intimidating.
1: Yeah, there's a lot there. There's sure. there's a
0: lot going on there. And the times that I have tested it, like I feel like I don't know how to read the results mm-hmm. that I'm getting. Like what did that bring? You know, like I spent $100. Like, okay, and then what? You know, right. like I can see like on the stats, like, okay, you like had this many people view your ad or, mm. you know, like this many people clicked it. So, yeah, I think it's the thing about just like, I don't I don't know how to measure what sure. I'm getting there. So sure. I've tried it, but it's... Um, Up until—well, still to this day, we haven't really spent any money on advertising or marketing. Everything's been pretty organic and, um, like, free.
1: What would you say is your biggest, like, revenue driver now? And, like, how are you getting those customers? Or, you know, more customer driver, not necessarily Mm -hmm. revenue driver.
0: Like, product-wise or—
1: Tactics to get new people to your mm, site.
0: Pinterest is— Now taking the lead over Instagram for us, we get so many views um, directly from Pinterest um, and they're converting, which is good too, with very minimal effort. I I haven't really been putting any like really like energy towards building Pinterest and really like capitalizing on it. We've kind of just like it's been there and we've like posted things and we've pinned things or whatever. Um, But we get a lot of traffic there organically. We don't do any ads there either. Um, But people are there and they're planning for these big events. Weddings is like number one. And then it's like baby showers. It's birthdays. It's all of these different things that are happening throughout the year. Christmas is huge. You know, people are looking for gift ideas or like wrapping ideas. Yeah. It's pretty cool to see that people are searching there, they're repinning our items, they're saving it, they're clicking onto our website, they're spending time on there. And it's like one of those things that like, they may not be ready to do it right now. Like maybe I'm planning my baby's first birthday and that's in like six months or eight months, you know, but I'm already starting to save things and they're going to come back and like, you know, remember that. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Is
0: what we're hoping for. (laughs) Especially
1: because I feel as if those I only I have a couple boards on Pinterest because uh-huh. I just needed to understand it. Yeah, my fiance has a lot more. We're planning a mm-hmm. re- wedding, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it's just visited so many times, so that impression is so much more valuable. Yes. Right? like they keep looking at it, and then finally yes. they want it.
0: Yeah, so Pinterest is um, a big one, and then within our community, like the event community, we since we've been around for eight years, like we really built our. Business and also just like our reputation within the event industry. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have so many connections with wedding planners, with photographers, with, um, you know, videographers, florists, all of these people that are involved in the industry. And um, we've just stayed connected with them. So, it's a lot of referral and word of mouth. Sure. Um, and and those are the people that we really enjoy working with too. Like we obviously love to work directly with our clients. But like if we partner up with a wedding planner, they're going to have maybe a client every month or every two months. And like that's repeat business.
1: Sure.
0: Um. So that's that's been a really good um avenue
1: for that's us. a lot of relationship building for yes, you too.
0: for sure. Exactly. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, the work that you're doing with Dames Collective, uh-huh. how long have you been involved in that?
0: So, Dane's Collective Orange County, we launched in January of this year, 2019. Nice. Yeah. And that kind of just started off as like I was looking around and on Instagram, like, I don't know what I was doing, but... aimlessly searching. (laughs) Um, And I came across this group was not Dames Collective, but I came across this networking group that was like female centered. They were based in Phoenix and I had reached out and I asked them if they had a chapter like that in Orange County or if they have anything like that or someone that they could recommend. They said, no, but we know of another chapter that might be closer to you um, called Dames Collective. So then I looked up Dames Collective. I found out that they were San Mm. Diego-based. And so I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, do you have anything in Orange County? Um, They're like, no, we don't. But we are looking to expand into that territory. um, And we're looking for someone to lead the chapter. I'm like, I am already busy (laughs) AF. Like, I'm not looking to lead anything. I just want to be part of it. (laughs) Um, But I was curious. I'm a very curious person. So I was like, well... Let me just find out like what that entails and like, you know, what it's about. Like I am naturally an event planner. I love to Mm -hmm. entertain people. And so um, even with the shop that we had, we used to have a retail shop that was like attached to our business. So I would plan like workshops and different like events there. So that was fun for me. And I could do that pretty naturally and easily. I like doing that. So I was like, let me just see what this is about. So I got more information and it turned into me being one of the leaders of, yeah. of of the chapter. So it's been almost a good year now. We're in November. So in January will be one year. Sure. It's been very rewarding to to be able to bring together this community. Like there's so many entrepreneurs and so many small business owners in Orange County. And and that's been like the funnest part to like get to meet All of these people and like just like share our experiences and like bounce ideas off of each other. It's like an ongoing like mastermind group, right? Um, So that's you get a lot of
1: regulars that come to that.
0: Yeah, so Dame's Collective is membership based. Oh, I see. Um, And so we do have um, we have about forty members, and so when you become a member, you get to attend the events for free. And so and so yeah, that that encourages that like regular attendance.
1: And I love that you're kind of giving back to the the female entrepreneurs and leaders too and really empowering them and showing them that they can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the wins that you've seen from your work in the Dames Collective for the community that you're contributing to?
0: Mm, yeah. So I think this is two parts. One part of it is like every month we host a morning minefield that's an educational-based topic um, when you're a small business owner, you're like wearing all the hats and doing all the things and mm-hmm. you forget to like really like work on something that's gonna build your business. Um and so like the morning mind fuels are awesome for just the fact that we speak on a given topic, you know, and we bring in a panel of experts and it may be some things that you already know, but it's always like a good reminder. You know, or even just like inspiration for something that you could start doing in your business, or like, oh, like, you know, I learned today that I need to be better about my social media and this like this is how I'm <laughs> gonna take action on it. And these are the people that are gonna hold me accountable um on those things. And the morning mindfuls have been super rewarding and everyone always walks away just like so, like, oh, like either they're <laughs> overwhelmed because they're like, Oh my gosh, I gotta do so many things, or they're like, Oh my gosh, like this was really good and Um, The second part of it is is the connection and the collaboration that happens. Like every single event, there's always new people that are showing up, um, you know, on top of the members and the repeat people. It's like you never know who you're going to meet that you could possibly collaborate with. So there's been so many members and non-members that have came to our events who then continue to work together or they end up becoming each other's clients or... Yeah. So that's been really cool to see.
1: Yeah. That is really cool.
0: Yeah. Collaboration.
1: (laughs) So is your husband still involved with your business too? Yes. Yeah. What's his role in it?
0: So Charles is, um, he manages all of our finances. So he's Mm -hmm. a numbers guy. I am not. (laughs) I'm the creative. Uh, So he manages all of our finances, all of our accounting, all of that. And he also manages our production. So he's head of production. He makes... He makes a lot of the things, um, but he's also leading our production team to make sure that we're delivering quality stuff.
1: How many, do you have employees or do you work with vendors to fulfill some of these orders?
0: We do all of our design and production Mm in-house other than like the vendors that we have for our raw materials. Mm -hmm. Everything is done in-house.
1: That's pretty cool. How is it managing a team of people for you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's, it is crazy to manage people. I didn't know... When we started this business, we really didn't know what it was going to evolve into, let alone we weren't planning on like hiring people. I don't know why that wasn't in my thought process when we were starting the business. Yeah,
1: right.
0: You know, but when we started to hire people, it was like a whole nother thing. Like you're managing like not just the task that they're doing for you. It's like their personalities and like mm-hmm. the work environment and it's like all of these things. So... We've learned a lot um, when it comes to managing a team and like what what it means to really be like a thoughtful leader sure. beyond just like training someone. It's like this person is, we have um, seven employees now. So beyond them coming and doing a job for you, like they're spending more time here for you than, than even at home or with their right, loved ones. Right. And so like that was like something that, was eye-opening for us too to realize it's like we got to take care of the people that are working for us yeah you know so we made like a lot of changes to like our company culture and just like making it a place that's like fun and inviting to work where it's not like you got to like just sit there and not talk to anyone right. and, and just keep your head down that's been fun um what are
1: some of your like company culture hacks or tactics that you do to keep it more fun
0: we do a monthly design day so our team gets to design and make something their own on their own from scratch mm-hmm. so they come up with whatever they want to design they actually do the design process on the computer They go through the entire process of production. Mm -hmm. So they're down there making it with their own hands. So even if it's not
1: like their department, they get to go through that whole process. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. So every month we get to do that. Sometimes it's like a themed thing or sometimes it's like, okay, this month we're going to redo our kitchen. So (laughs) um, everyone's like going to paint and like create like signage or like fun Mm -hmm. stuff to like jazz it up in there. That's one of the fun things that I feel like we do and that the team really likes. Do
1: you have a dress code?
0: Unofficially, I guess it's it's like
1: <laughs> it's like don't come in your pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So that's a funny question because I never really knew how to describe what our dress code was. So I would like interview people, and you know, I would like onboard them, and I'm like telling them about what our dress code is. I'm like, it's not business casual. It's not business. It's not super laid back. Like, don't come in your pajamas or like leggings or workout clothes. Um, But it's like, it's like cute and casual <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is what what we've been calling it. You know, it's like cute what you would wear to I like, like, like brunch or like, you know.
1: That's kind of a nice way to do it. We You should coin brunch casual.
0: Br- brunch casual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a you good know one. what
1: I mean? You're not mm-hmm. going to wear your pajamas to brunch, but you're also not wearing like a jacket.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I
1: think we just come out, came yeah, up with something that's, pretty that's cool. It. I'm going to
0: change it in my handbook. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brunch casual. Yeah. I love that. Maybe… I want to kind of do
0: something
1: Because like that. <laughs> we don't have like an official one either. Like for me, it's like… Don't like… It's only me and Nelson who's not here today. Uh-huh. But he's my partner. It's like… Don't wear shorts. Yeah. Like, just don't wear shorts. Exactly. Or pajamas. Like… You know… As if somebody… <laughs> if somebody was going to come in and… You know… We just wear t t-shirt yeah, and jeans. But that
0: impression. It's mm-hmm. brunch casual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Sets the tone.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, So you've been running this business with your… With Charles now. Mm-hmm. For you know, you started 10 years ago, like maybe officially it's been uh, happily ever etched for eight years. Is that pretty close to correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, How is it running a business with your husband, with Charles?
0: Everyone always asks me that. Like, how do you work with your husband? I could not do that. Like, you guys don't want to just like kill each other every day. And I mean, our business kind of started from me working for him, essentially, you know? And so like early on, Even in just like our personal relationship, like we loved to spend time together. Mm -hmm. Like we spent 24-7 together since like the day that we met. There hasn't been very Uh, much time that we've been apart. And I think we have matured a lot, right? Um, But we've also just been like really good about communicating with each other and like giving each other space when we need it and like, you know, doing our own personal things too. Um, But running a business with your partner is definitely challenging. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy um, because there are things that we disagree on and we are running a business that basically is fueling our livelihood. So every move, every action that we make is like centered around like if we can afford our mortgage or our car payments, it's like, it's like heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it's also been equally exciting to see like when we launch something and it does like amazing, you know, like we get to celebrate so many awesome things together too. But um, yeah, it's it's challenging in the way that like we're tied to it so closely together yeah, and yeah. like there's really no like, um, there's really no... No, I kind of want to say security behind it. It's not like we have, like one of us has a corporate job and we can kind of rely on them to like yeah. bring in the money in case we have a slow month right. or something. And so, so yeah.
1: Yeah, that part I can imagine is challenging.
0: Yeah, but we work really well together, especially because we have different strengths. Like he lets me my, do my thing, and I'm creative, and that's like my domain. And I let him do his thing. He's very meticulous and is like perfect at managing the production for that, yeah. and amazing at managing our money, which I'm not good at. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's good.
1: He allows you the space to be like founder, CEO, and the face of the company as well, too, right? Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. amazing. So our roles kind of reverse because when I met him, he was the president of his company, like he was running the show, and so. Um, I came in and, like slowly started like clawing it <laughs> away from him. um but, but, yeah, I think as like just the nature of our business is like we're creating like really like pretty things. and sure. our our demographic is like ninety percent female, you know? so um, as the business grew, we kind of like shifted like that like the the business is gonna run kind of off of what my vision and what my ideas are and that's how we kind of help each other through it
1: (laughs) yeah that's really cool do you have any plans for like new products or anything like that coming out
0: yes we just launched our wholesale collection our line so that's super exciting it's been something that we've been working on for probably about two years Mm. um but it's it's something that is exciting because now we're going to be able to like again reach more people but also like um, we want to be able to show up in in your retail shops, in your gift shops, in your bakeries, and you can see happily ever products all over. You know, right. so we've served all of the states, Canada, Australia, the UK. That's cool. Yeah, so it's like we've already reached so many people, just like on. Through through Etsy and through our online shop, and so now it's it's kind of just continuing the experiences. Like you can buy Happily Ever Arch online, but you can also find us in your local stores. Yeah. So that's been that's been our biggest kind of most exciting project, and it's happening. That's really
1: amazing. <laughs> when did you start that?
0: We just launched it last week.
1: Oh, okay, cool. I'm really pumped to see like your stuff in stores. Yeah, that's gonna be really tight. I
0: know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be a whole nother ballgame. Next year, we're planning like trade shows and all of that. So I have no idea how to do that or <laughs> what to do just yet. Like We know we know trade shows from the buying perspective, but never right. as an exhibitor. So that yeah. will be interesting.
1: That is pretty interesting. You know, it's funny. I recently just mentioned, I told someone that maybe I just posted it to the internet. I have no <laughs> Uh, yeah right (laughs) but it's like the best brand launches do like the whole 360 approach with the organic social media influencers the paid media spend trade shows Mm -hmm. networking knocking on doors sometimes which I'm sure at one point you've done too you Mm -hmm. know so it's like all of those things need to come into play and I love that you didn't depend on one channel to grow your business that's a huge mistake I see a lot of people starting out you know Mm -hmm. but it seems like you're you've adapted very well to the environment.
0: That's a good word to use. I'm very adaptive. <laughs> like what's happening? The walls are closing and I need to escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <That's, laughs> it's a good trait to have, especially yeah. as you're leading the company. I love it. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for sharing uh, about your company. Before I ask the last question today, um, if somebody wants to connect with you, where can they find you?
0: They can find me on Instagram at it's Jenny it's underscore J-E-N-E-E. They can find me on happilyeveretched.com and at happilyeveretched on Instagram.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so last question for the day. If you were to design the very last sign for yourself that it's going to be portrayed and be the statement of your career or of your life, what would it say?
0: It kind of sounds like I'm dying. I know. I didn't
1: want to say <laughs> it like that. How do Um, I rephrase that? I guess I would
0: design my own tombstone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess the the more appropriate question would be if you had a billboard in one part of the town, what would that billboard say?
0: That would be better. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. So
1: Less morbid.
0: It's okay, I'm dying. So, billboard for myself… I guess I just want to be known as, as someone that was creative and like an innovator. And um, I mean, I'm an Asian American female entrepreneur, and I think there's not enough Asian people that are like famous or, you know, like on that level. And so I just want to be someone that's like an inspiration to to someone that like is trying to navigate this world of entrepreneurship and and just be someone that's like a good leading example. Yeah. I don't know what that design looks like, but it's cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I love that actually. And I, I kind of, that's a whole nother conversation. I, I agree with you too, because it's, even when they put out Crazy Rich Asians, I'm like, those people were basically white guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was real crazy. They even had British accents. Like, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're doing a great job And I'm so glad that we got to talk today And get to know a little bit more about you So thank you
0: Thank you for having me, this was fun
1: Of course, to the listener, thank you so much for your time and attention If you loved the episode, we would dig a five-star review And if you didn't like it that much, feel free to stick it to us But we'll have a lot of incredible people just like Jenny back on the show Thanks again